The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday, and happy Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's a special Wednesday this week. We have our Thanksgiving shirts on. Scott says... You guys can't see them from there. What does yours say? She's my sweet potato. And mine says, I am. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I am. Uh, We're doing a pretty serious topic today for our Thanksgiving episode, but how many years in a row can we talk about food, right? So my quirky tip today, I'm doing the quirky tips for people that want to buy gifts for dog lovers or your own dogs, is pooches and palomas. So I actually ordered this, and they're out of the Border Collie. I just went back to their website to check. So I heard about this company, and I thought this was super cool. Um, so she does her donations. Her website is I Drink to Save Dogs Lives. I guess she was a mixologist. I believe the company owner's name is Danny White. But Any all excuse of, will do. <laughs> but all of her um, proceeds have to do with this um, bonsai dog rescue. So a lot of stuff like has to do with supporting rescue. A portion of the proceeds, I think, even goes to that. And I found the cutest little Patron at the New Hampshire liquor store. So Chrissy and I are going to have just a half shot because I don't drink hard alcohol, and I don't think that's going to be pretty on the podcast. And Scotty's going to have just the mix. But this is throw actually... throw a shot over your shoulder for my mom. This is actually... Yeah, <laughs> Iris would take that whole thing down. This is actually Paloma Mix, so no alcohol is in that. And this one is called the Border Collie. And right now online, she doesn't have... All the breeds, I don't think that she carries. She carries in some stores as well. But um, this is the Border Collie. I guess Palomas are supposed to be paired with tequila, so I bought a little baby thing of Patron. So Chrissy and I are going to try, and Scotty's just going to get the mix. Um, But the doodle was still available. So if you have any doodle lovers in your life, I just think this is a freaking great gift, great stocking stuff or something else. So I am not going to pour back and forth. I'm going to hand one over to Chrissy. Why, thank you. Cheers. And I'm not going to even cheers because I don't want to spill. Cheers. Happy Turkey Eve. Cheers. Yeah, Happy Turkey Eve. I, this is actually, I think, the biggest drinking day in America, I think. is wow. uh, Yeah, because everybody's home for the holidays. So cheers. Right. I'm going to taste everybody. my Paloma. Oh, I can smell the tequila. Very sweet. Oh, Ooh, a little less sweet with the tequila. Mm. <laughs> All right, very good. Okay, so we're drinking Palomas, and we're talking about what to do if you lose your dog today. We have had some close run-ins with this with a few friends as of recently, and this is a topic if you own dogs, and this comes you know, up at some point. Nothing is more stressful than not knowing where your dog is. So we're going to unpack a bunch of tips all today to help you guys prepare for the worst and hopefully work through the worst if you see that happening. So where, where did your origin of this t- topic come up? Because you're the one that said... Well, Let's we've had it. A, we've had a couple of friends over the yeah, past uh, several weeks have that have lost their dogs. So, um, and we also have uh, many people we know have had these issues where they've lost a dog, to, you know, for a certain period of time, and then found their dog. Um, so, you know, of course, I'm always thinking, be proactive and make sure your dog comes when you call him. But there are times when, I mean, a dog can disappear on you very quickly. If you're out in the woods, you turn your back, you turn around, the dog is gone. Yeah. And especially if you have some of these breeds like the beagles and the hounds that get on a trail and just take off. And, you know, just because the dog has good obedience, if they have this propensity to roam, uh, 
if you're not paying attention, all of a sudden they can disappear on yeah, you. Yeah, and frequently, I mean, we've <clears> had <throat> many clients over the years that, you know, will do services with us, either classes or boot camps, because their dog chronically runs away. Like, they have chased their dog dozens of times. They, you know, get out of the yard, get out of the front door, everything else, but the dog is still lost. So we're going to unpack a bunch of different scenarios and give you guys a bunch of tips here today. My first tip is, I've talked about this before, um, but these are great um, things that you can secure on your crates. I actually still have not done it, even since I talked about it on the previous podcast, because our dogs really just aren't traveling that frequently. And when Jimmy's traveling, he's not in a crate. But I was thinking, if you had one of these for your crate, if you're frequently traveling with your dog in a crate, whatever else in the car, and you had you know, a picture of them with their information about rabies and everything else... If for some reason you lost your dog away from home, this is a really nice handy thing to have in your car to take out a piece of paper and say, go make Xerox copies of this so we can put these on all kinds of posts and everything everywhere. So if you have some sort of system in your car that has to do with identifying your dog in case there was a car accident or something else, I would highly recommend that there's a picture in there on just like eight and a half by 11 paper that you could, if need be, say to a stranger or someone helping you like, hey, can you go make a hundred copies of these and post them all over town? So that's a little side note there. What are some tips that you have, hun? We reached out to some authorities too for some of help on this because we really wanted to serve you guys as best as possible. Well, I would say with regard to the photo that I would try to update that photo at least once a year. Yes. Because a lot of people take a picture of their dog when their dog is a year or too old, and now it's missing at seven or eight, and it looks maybe a lot different. It could be gray. It could. There's any number of things that could change the appearance of the dog. Yeah, so, you want so a very an updated current, photo. Current photo yeah. is important. Yeah, or even a haircut, right? Like updated photo is a smart idea. Yeah. Um, do you want me to get into some of these tips that we? Yeah, let's just. So I we, just want to. We, we got in touch you guys with a bunch um, of stuff. an animal control officer that's a friend of ours to hear what she had to say, and it wasn't much different than what we were thinking, but it was nice to get her feedback. So the first thing she said, of course, was always have dog tags on your dog that have identification, a phone number. With our dogs, we don't typically have tags, but we have the uh, phone number embroidered into the collars they wear. So there is a way for that dog to, you know, if someone can call us, and also the microchipping, we have our dogs microchipped, and um and the other thing that I was thinking with regard to that is get online and update if you move or what, or that dog changes hands, update on the website of the chip company the contact information. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, you get a dog from a rescue, it's got a chip in it. That chip might go to a thousand miles away, has nothing to do with the dog and you any longer. Yeah. And if someone calls that person and says, oh, like you know, are you responsible for this dog? If you lost this dog, they could say, no, we rehomed this dog, you know, five years ago. So then whoever brings the dog in, it will be their dog. And the thing about the collars and stuff is really important, you guys. Like, even when I take my girls on our property, Sink doesn't always have identification on. I have, like pretty amazing control of sync. And I have good control of vital too, but I know that there's more of a propensity that maybe she could chase. So she always has a name name collar on her with a phone number. So she could always come right back to me, but be conscious of as you're leaving your house, even if your dog is on a leash, I'm preparing. There's steps you're taking to prepare as you leave the house. When Scott goes to take Jimmy in the car, he's very well trained. He's his demo dog. He does everything all the time. No e-collar, always off leash. I put that name collar on. If they were to get an accident, I want somebody to be able to call me if Jimmy's not loose. I want Jimmy to be, you know, if something random happens, we're always preparing. So th- don't <clears throat> underestimate the tag collar situation. It's yeah, very important. Me, 
I could put them in a down during a class and then drive away and forget to take my dog. You know, me. honestly, if we're going to go there, <laughs> Shelby, if you watch, Scott left Jimmy at Fenaris one night. He And we had an employee that was living there, but he, he came home. He came home. It was like 7 p.m. And he walks in and I'm like, here's Jimmy's food. And he goes, oh, my God, he's not here. <laughs> he left him he on the bed. He was still on his dog bed in, in, in my office. He won't leave Jimmy in a down anywhere. He <clears> loves Jimmy me, more uh, than me. You know, we're talking about these miraculous call-offs. Maybe you should share your story from last night. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so <laughs> I might drink a lot on this podcast. So, um, you know, Vital, we had the cat run in a few weeks ago and went great. Like, I was so freaking impressed with her. I couldn't believe it. Like, scream Vital here. The neighbors are like, what's going on? I go to let her out last night. There's an opossum, or how do you say, just possum? There's a possum standing right in our yard, like the gravel. Like, they're, literally, the they're literally nose to nose. I go to let her out before going to bed. So, again, my call-off worked, but <laughs> I'm really was, testing it these there days. There was no collar on the possum. <laughs> no. So no, now. but, I, like, stuff like that. I mean, she's listening. Like, she's a good listener. She doesn't wear any collar. But stuff like that, I, she, I couldn't believe it. Like, they were nose-to-nose. I said, vital here, and the possum didn't scratch her or something. But I don't want her catching something. But this brings us to have a phenomenal recall on your dog. If your dog is off-leash and you are hiking, or you are on your property, or I don't care where you freaking are. If you're in the vet's parking lot and you think your dog listens well, your recall better be phenomenal, like to the point where you can put down a McDonald's hamburger and your dog peels off of it. That is what we expect of our dogs being off leash. And I've got to test it frequently, and it's been working, but i got to put more money in the bank now. When you yelled for your dog, I jumped off the couch. That's what it happened so, when you were gone so the other day startling. when like, she when she went after on? the cat. Because I like I normally am like vital here and she listens, but I, I get like very emotional. <laughs> so that, you got to be conscious. Have a very good recall. What else did we get? Okay, of course, I'm, this seems obvious to me. But Let me have some of your mix since you think You it's want to contact animal control to your town and um, the police department, local police Immediately. department. Immediately. Let them know what's going on as soon as that. Immediately. Yeah. And uh, also... What the animal control officer mentioned that I didn't think about was contact surrounding town animal control officers so that, you know, you're really spreading that word out that there's a dog missing. They might jump in someone's car and then jump out and run away again. And we were talking about, like, even in New England, we have a lot of, like, adjoining towns, right? We just took our dogs to our eastern vet um, in Belchertown this Monday together. And, like, you're driving through towns, like, I feel like every three minutes, it's like a new town. Here's Shootsbury. Here's New Salem. Here's this. Here's this. So in New England, a lot of times, if you're really, like, closely centered to another town or another state, it's important to get the word out elsewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the flyers, <clears throat> if you haven't, you know, had eyes on your dog for a few hours... That's your next step. You can start making flyers. That's not my first step, but that's something I'd be doing if I get to a point where where I'm like, because usually the way I look at it, you know, if you lose sight of your dog, chances are you'll get them back within an hour. If they ran into the woods and you're calling, clapping your hands, and then before you start calling in the cavalry, the dog probably is going to show up again. But if you're walking out of the woods without your dog, you want to be getting some flyers made and doing this stuff. Getting the word out. Public yeah. word is important. Uh, in the state of Massachusetts, there's a organization called Missing Dogs Massachusetts. I'm not sure if it's a website, but the animal control officer mentioned that. You want to contact them. If you're in the state of New Hampshire, there's Granite State Dog Recovery, which is another... I'm not sure what type of organization it is, but she mentioned this would be someone to get in touch with. There's um, well, oh, There are some companies out there that trap, they go out and trap dogs and things like that. But we can get into the other 
list if you'd like. Yeah, I you mean, just need all- to you need to reach out for help and you need to have a plan, right? So that's why like this local information as far as the Massachusetts people and the New Hampshire people, these are places that you can head to. These are little things that you can write down, make a note in your phone. Okay, I can do this if this happens. You're preparing ahead of time for worst case scenario because of course, no one ever wants their dog to be missing, but as soon as they're gone, it's about the most terrifying, most like worst few hours of your life or few days or whatever that you can imagine. All right, we're going to go to a break super quick and we'll talk more about getting your dog back if it's lost when we return. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. All right, we're back. And I didn't add any more tequila, no judging. We still have half of a little nip of Patron left. We're not big tequila drinkers here. Um, Okay, so a few things I want to talk about. If you are consistently losing your dog, like your dog is running away all the time, yes, of course, have a plan, but then you may want to back up. So these GPS collars are getting super popular. We are doing some research on the way here. And what was it? Whistleblower was one app. Whistle Tracker. Whistle Tracker. Which a friend of ours owns, and she said that... Had great success with it. She has a a hound-type dog that does like to roam and take off on occasion. And she told me that they found their dog through whistle tracker, through their GPS collar at 11 o'clock at night. It was 15 degrees out. And had they not found the dog, he, she might not have made it overnight. Yeah. So in that collar, like Scott said, it's a good price point, $100. That is a good thing to think about. There's a lot of GPS collars out now. So some of the higher end Garmin ones are made for like actual hunters. They can track like 20 dogs or something on a screen. There's a map right in front of you. They're about, you know, $800 for the device. And then, of course, you're buying all the collars. But you were researching the Halo collar on the way here as well. Yeah, the Halo collar is an interesting newer uh, product. I remember hearing about it last year, maybe almost two years ago now. And I didn't know anything about it. And when there seems to be too many features within a, a technology product, I get concerned because something might fail. But the bottom line is it's it's a GPS collar, but it's also an invisible fence collar that you can create the perimeter of your invisible fence through the app and through satellite where you're making the uh, the perimeter, the fence line on your app. So you, there's no hard going out and burying a line. And also another thing that's interesting about it. Now, personally, I don't I don't trust invisible fences. I have too many clients that have run through them. Their dogs run through them. Personally, for our own yeah. lifestyle, we but, would never do it. Uh, one thing that I thought was pretty cool about this is that you could create up to 20 different fences, which means you could go to an open field and you could walk around that field with the collar and virtually put fence posts around the area where you want to let your dog run. And they will not, after they've been trained on this collar, they won't leave that area. So that was kind of an interesting thing. If you were traveling with your dog and you don't have a real strong recall or you're just concerned for some reason about the dog, maybe, you know, again, I wouldn't let my dog loose if he didn't have a good recall. But it's a way to contain your dog. And like, let's say you had a summer house. You go to the summer house, you can make a virtual fence around the, the yeah, backyard. you have multiple invisible fence Yeah, you have a options. couple of different homes. You go, you, you stay at an Airbnb and it's got a big backyard. You can put a virtual fence around it. So, so it's have, pretty cool. Yeah, you have the feature of the invisible fence and the <clears throat> GPS tracking. That collar is normally like 900 bucks. Scott randomly was looking. They're doing a Black Friday sale. It's like 400 bucks off. So if you're having chronic issues with the same dog leaving all the time and you've been lucky enough to get the dog back and the dog comes back safe and sound and there haven't been big issues... 
consider a GPS collar because at some point or another, the system may break. And the last thing we want is you to have your dog injured or lost or whatever else. So circumstances are important, whether you're at your own house or you're away from the home or whatever else, circumstances matter. And while this is kind of a bummer topic to do right before the holidays, it does tie in in that when all of your family is coming over and everything for the holidays and the doors opening more frequently and you know, there's family members that have kids, they're not used to having a dog. Don't allow your dog to just be sneaking out the door in those moments because that can happen when you're now in the kitchen trying to get Thanksgiving dinner ready. There's, you know, a bunch of new people in your house. Your dog may be more stressed. Have a plan. The dog's either upstairs in a room, in a crate. You know, if you live in a nice area where the weather stays nice, they're out in the backyard. Have a plan to proactively keep your dog safe during those times. And it's not that the dog shouldn't be around for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but there could be room for error. Same thing when you're out and about. You guys have to be very conscientious of everything that's happening around you at every moment. And Scott and I are notorious for this. Like if we're out with our dogs, like we are on them like white on rice, not because we're worried that they're going to blow us off, but we're very conscious of the circumstances. There was just a possum in our yard last night. There's deer on our property frequently. There's feral cats roaming around. If we're going to choose to have our drivey dogs off leash and without e-collars on. I mean, Cousteau wears an e-collar sometimes, but I have Cousteau out in the yard without an e-collar all the time as well. We need to make sure that we can control the situation. So circumstances matter. Maybe if there's six deer standing out in the backyard, I would put a lot more control on Cousteau or heal him or something else rather than just let him out to play ball right away. You want to be very conscious of being aware of your surroundings. And I, I would like to add that uh, we're real, we do not want or allow our dogs to kill small animals no. or chase small animals. Oh, no. And some people, in fact, a lot of my clients have told me, oh, my dog killed a skunk. My dog killed a squirrel. No. My dog likes to hunt squirrels. Our like, animals, it's a, like it's a recreational no, activity. Our animals respect other animals. That's exactly true. I'm glad you said that. I don't care what they think about them. They're not going to be out killing them because well, it's a very- Well, didn't bite the possum. Right. So they, but there's something going on. She has no history of that. Yeah. And also, it's a rewarding experience for dogs to chase yeah. and kill. Sometimes they don't, all they want to do is chase this moving object. Once they kill it, they have no interest in it. But it's just not a good habit because then when you're out hiking in the woods and they see a rustle in the bushes, all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. It's something they're else gone, they can chase They're gone or they kill. can see a little Yorkie in the woods and think yeah. that that's, you know, a small animal again. I mean, our dogs have a level of control on them that most people don't expect because we frequently have dogs of all sizes in our homes and our dogs need to be like on their best behavior and definitely dialed in. So that's very true. Be very conscious of if you allow that behavior, maybe make sure that your off-leash hiking in the woods has a lot of backup systems. Um, If you are out and about in a big, vast area and you are just stressed out and for some reason you've lost your dog, consider contacting someone who may have a drone. Like, it may be a friend. Um, I think there's some drone companies out there. That's a good way to look and see about getting eyes on something because nothing is more stressful than it hour upon hour upon hour upon hour passing and you still don't have eyes in the dog. That is not how you want to be living or dealing. So right. consider the drone. I would add that in the fall and in the winter especially, a drone will be able to see a dog. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're going to have a big canopy of leaves in the summer yeah. and spring where a drone probably wouldn't even see, not going to see the floor of the, of the forest, wherever yeah. they are. No, it's true. And uh, could I just add, what was I going to say? Um, oh, with regard to traveling and Thanksgiving, I know some clients that are traveling out of state with their dog to go visit relatives to have Thanksgiving. That's a good time to have a GPS collar. because Or even at least you, bring your crate, even if you normally don't crate your dog, a way to contain your dog. Yeah. Yeah. When, if it's a new situation, think about 
being preventative. Yeah, new territory. The dog is going to get not know where to go. They're going to you know, yeah. be out well, there. Well, and that's the thing. So if there's a familiarity factor, right? So that the reason that dogs that run out of their yards frequently and dogs who are escape artists that always get out of the yards, your dog likely has anxiety just for what it's worth. And they just probably so you come know. back. Yeah, and they probably come back, but they're very familiar with the terrain. So when you're going to a new terrain, you got to be conscientious of that. If you're at a place where you hike frequently or a terrain that the dog is very familiar with, somewhere you go to train frequently, a trail <clears throat> near your parents' house that you frequently take your dog to, everything else. If you lose the dog in that setting, be conscientious of putting something of yours that maybe has treats or something in it, something of value, but something that smells like you, where the dog was first lost. So there's like this baseline point of like, okay, the dog can come back to me. Also secure this item, right? So like, we love our dogs. They're awesome. I hope we're never in this situation. But if Vital like ran up and saw a freaking vest on the ground with cookies in it, she would eat all the cookies out of the vest and then just start running around like dancing in the woods. She'd like, probably shred the vest. Woohoo! Yeah, like so much fun. Yeah, like it would just be a big party. Like, oh good, they left me toys and treats and I can't wait for mom to be back. So secure that item to something so it doesn't blow away. A heavy rock, tie it to something, but give your dog a baseline and a marker to go to if for some reason they do get loose and they're in this area where there's familiarity. That, also, go ahead. I was going to say that's an old hunting dog trick. I knew... I remember a guy telling me about that where he would go out with beagles, hunting with beagles. And the extent of the hunting as far as training meant he just opened all the crates and a dozen beagles would run across the wilderness and tree raccoons and all that kind of stuff. And then they would come back and, he, and every once in a while, one or two couldn't round them up. They just wouldn't come back. And he would just leave his coat on the ground right where he was parked and he would come back the next day and these dogs would be sleeping on his coat. Yeah. Waiting for him to come back. And yeah, get but it, it's a it's a tried and true method. So that's why we're trying to share these things with you. If there's something else in your car, like if you're a guy that likes to spray axe on you or something, or you're a woman that uses the same perfume and you have that scent near you, also spray that in the area where the dog is familiar. Stick to the area that your dog first left for quite some time. You know what I mean? Because half the time we get the word out there, there's these sightings and it's not that people aren't genuine and they can't use their eyes, but sometimes you're on a wild goose chase. Now you hear about some sighting across town. You're like, Oh my God, it's him. I'm going to get in the car and go send somebody else that the dog knows to go and look at that point. Like don't be running all around, stay there, keep your scent there, stay centered. And most importantly, this is like a practice of how can I deal with stress? And in this moment, if for some reason you lose your dog, no matter who you are, right? Like this could easily be us. Like anybody can lose their dog. Those who have not, it's sometimes just luck. Like, right? A door can be left open. We lost Bammer one time on New Year's Day. We were, we didn't even lose her. We didn't even know, but we were in the barn training dogs. And uh, Scott's like, I think I hear Bammer howling. And I said, oh, I put her away. The door had blown open because of the wind. We lived in an old house in Massachusetts. And she was like out in our property, like behind a fence howling. And of course, I let her in and she just ran to Scott. But this can happen to anyone, right? Like this is not some like, oh, they're less of a dog owner. They're, you know, less privileged or something else. I can give you an example of before I met you. Yeah. Uh, My dog, we had a a property. We were staying in Mass on a property that wasn't fenced. And so I put up a dog run, you know, a dog trolley overhead with the drop down on the on the pulley. And um, my wife at the time had let my dog, took my dog out, put her on the pulley just to leave, let him get some outdoor time for a half hour, an hour or something like that. When Now, I never used a leash to get him in and out. So when she went to bring him in, she unhooked him, said, come on, let's go to the house. And he just friggin' took off into the woods, just, uh, you know, out of the blue. And she called me in a panic and... And I was, you know, in a panic myself. And I was out there. I had a 
The dog had a whistle recall. I was blowing my whistle, nothing. I contacted everyone that I needed to contact, and he came back to the house within three hours. He just went on a a joy run, I guess, yeah. running around. And but I'm thank glad- God he hadn't been hit by a car. That's why I was looking at streets. So I want to make yeah. sure he wasn't hit. And I'm know? glad that you prefaced it that way because Scott described that experience that his ex-wife and him, it was just a complete panic. And that's exactly where I was headed. If this does happen to you, the most important thing is being able to like calm yourself and have good decision-making skills in the moment. And that's very, very hard to do, right? When there's all this stress. So have almost like a roadmap or something, like take some notes down, think of what you would do, kind of like an emergency plan, put it in your phone. Like, okay, this is the first thing I'm going to do. Don't just call everyone and like text all your friends and be like, oh my gosh, you know, he's gone. I'm so stressed out. What are the first things you do? Obviously, you try to get your dog back. Second thing, you're going to go to social media. You're going to post. It would suck if it was someone like, you know, us in a professional dog sense and like, oh my God, we've lost our dog. I know many dog professionals that have posted about that. You're going to post. You're going to get the word out. Even if you're not in the dog community and you're more of just like a pet dog owner, your neighbors see it. They're going to start sharing it. You're going to start getting this like massive response. So if it is, I would say probably I'd give things about 15 minutes. If I lost one of our dogs, I'd probably call Scott immediately. He probably wouldn't even answer if he was at a class. And I would say within 15 minutes, I would be on social media, like blasting that, just getting the word out, calling animal control, calling the police, doing all of these things. But in this moment, I may not be able to think through that. So have a system of like, okay, these are the steps I take. These are the people I call. These are the people that I might be able to trust that could leave work and help me with this. Because that's another thing. If you have this like local search party, you need people that are going to take time out of their day to actually help you. And some strangers are going to be kind enough to help you, but be prepared and get yourself in a as strong of a headspace as you possibly can. And I know that sounds unimaginable, but you have to be thinking as clearly as possible because just like Scott described, it's going to be panic. So yeah. you may not know what to do. And if it's panic and you're just sitting in the woods crying for two hours, I understand totally emote to you. And I understand that you're feeling that. And I, I totally get it, but it's important to take action as soon as possible. Yeah. And also uh, with regard to social media, like my friends, uh, not I'm never on Facebook. I do have an yeah. account, but like they're all, the over, podcast they're all over the country. Account. But a lot of people, uh, dog people are part of dog groups, local dog groups. And that's a great mm-hmm. resource because like there's, when we were in Amesbury, there was the dogs of Woodsome Farm. Yeah. So that's a local kind of a, what do you call that area? But it's a protected like a land. Preserve. Like yeah, preserve, preserve. Big open area where people go with their dogs. You post on that and now you're tapping into hundreds of local people that have dogs that can get out there and be keeping their eyes open. We had a, remember a dog was lost on Christmas day. I think it was. Yeah. And it, and the woman posted it on social media and we went out, we took off. We and did. We started, oh, we did. We started freaking looking <laughs> yeah, for that dog for did. like two yeah. hours. No, it's true. And this happens. And like, and especially if you're familiar with the person or you know, the parents, you know, have kids at the same school as you or something else, you may be more than willing. And yeah, it was freaking Christmas day. And Christmas Scott and day, I are we out were out the there hunting for, for someone else's dog. An hour dog. and a half to try to help because <laughs> you're like, holy shit, like that's terrible. We, we would think if it was our dog. Yeah, you know, we would want the same thing yeah. and be generous with these things like don't be judgy if you know you have signs up all over <clears> your neighborhood and stuff like think like how can I help like be keep a mindful and keen eye out yeah. for the dog while I, you're driving around at that point I don't care what anyone thinks about me mm-hmm. I want to get my dog back no it's 100% true so have a plan for these types of things if you have never lost your dog before you are in Lucky. a privileged situation yeah like there is nothing worse than having this kind of panic, dog stuff. There's no science and you can lose your kids. Like the, things can get lost. That this wouldn't doesn't... be as serious, but it can help. <laughs> wouldn't be as serious. Stop. <laughs> but really like, and, and get yourself 
I, I don't want to kind of manifest the worst case scenario in a sense with this, but think of this. Like, what would I do if this happened? What would I do if I was traveling internationally for, you know, some sort of dog sport, agility, bite sports, whatever else? What would I do if I lost my dog here? What would I do? Are you bringing a dog, you know, a GPS collar? Those air tags are really cool now. A lot of people have those air tags. They only work within, That's what, a, 200 feet of the phone? Yeah, the Apple product. Yeah. And uh, Jess was telling me that, a way that people do use them, which I hadn't considered, was it's to make sure their dog is in the plane in cargo yeah. oh. while they're in the passenger part of the plane because they know that the dog is there because of their... Yeah, I would freaking... What do they call that thing? The tag? Air tag? Yeah, they call it an air tag, yeah. yeah. But I, and it's only within 200 feet of your phone, but at least if you're <clears> sitting <throat> on the plane, you know your dog's been loaded into cargo. I have flown my car, dog's cargo quite a few times, and it can be stressful. When I was a little girl, I'm going into the pilot, and I'm like, hey, like my dog's underneath. Like, Can you please make sure the cabin pressure is as good as possible? I'm looking out the window to try to watch my dog. The airline people lie, and I'm not trying to stress you guys out and make this a whole to-do, but they'll say, oh, yeah, my dog's on the plane. It has happened to me time and time and time again, and then, you know, 25 minutes later, I see the dog coming on the plane. Or even worse, I was flying back to Newark from the Dominican Republic one time. They came on the plane, and they said, your dogs aren't going to make this flight, ma'am. They'll be on the next flight. I was sobbing at the front of the plane. I got off the plane. I made a big scene. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't fly to New Jersey while my dogs stay here in the Dominican Republic. I went and I walked into the warehouse where they were staying with the mangoes. I took them out of their crates and I marched right up to the air conditioned, like, you know, head honcho's office. And I waited till the next flight when they were on. But the AirTag is a great setup for that type of system. But however, with it only being 200 feet, it's not going to help you if the dog's just lost or running away from home or out in the woods. The past couple times, and it's been years now, but the past couple times I've flown dogs and cargo they came and gave me a slip of paper in my passenger mm-hmm. seat and said your dog's been loaded yeah and i trusted that it was yeah, it depends on the you airline know, i but could the actually tags, watch it though i watched the crate yeah. going up the but the air the, tags are a nice addition to that so just be thoughtful of these things we don't want it to happen to you over the holidays we don't want it to happen to you ever there is nothing more tragic uh, when i was young i had a dog that was hit by a car it ran out the gate while my dad was bringing in the drop cloths he was a house painter October 21st, I was probably freaking 12 years old, and both Zoe and this other dog chased a cat. They, the gate was open every day. Rand got hit by a car. There was nothing more traumatizing than coming home from orchestra practice that day and the dog being laid out, you know, dead on a freaking lawn chair. Like, this is traumatizing stuff that can happen when dogs get lost, but have a plan because sometimes you can get your dog back if you act appropriately and keep your head space clear and everything else. And most importantly, out of all of this that we've talked about, if your dog has been gone for multiple days, multiple weeks, sometimes even multiple months, have hope, you guys. There are stories out there oh, yeah. that are unfreaking believable of what dogs have lived through, how they have gotten back to their owners, what conditions they've been in. The other people have even been just caring for them, and then they finally are able to return the dog to the owner. So please have hope. Don't think of it as a lost cause. And while, of course, we're going to want to beat ourselves up and everything else, it happens. It happens owning dogs. This kind of stuff can happen. Yeah, and I would say if you have a purebred that is, you know, you want to buy a puppy and it's like two, $3,000 for the puppy, there's a possibility someone scooped that dog up and they're thinking, wow, this is a great dog. Someone didn't care about him. I'm going to keep this dog. And uh, you hope that that isn't the case, but at least if there's a chip in him and whatnot, uh, you know, there's a good chance that six months later, for some reason, the dog is in getting a checkup at the vet, something's going on and they're going to, that yeah. alert's going to come up and on the with chip. That, if, and with that said, if it's been multiple years, 
in your head, just think the dog's living somewhere happy. Like, don't think worst case scenario in your head. When you lay your down, your head down on the pillow every night, think to yourself, at least this dog's being cared for and not think yeah. like, oh, he's out being eaten by coyotes. Yeah. If you don't have a, a body, then he's alive and yeah. well. And That's the last two feeling. things I want to say in relation to this, if the dog runs away from the house or runs away when it's away from the house, have ways to reach the dog that are louder than you. Same reason Scott says bring a whistle to the beach for your recall. Bring a whistle in the woods to be able to communicate with your dog. Yelling, whistling, have their favorite toy. Maybe their favorite toy is the multi-pet pig. Maybe you guys should consider buying a pig and then having the pig in the woods. But have a way to attract the dog back to you because especially if it's just you or a couple other people, you may become hoarse. Things are going to get tricky. So be very conscientious of these things. And we're not trying to prepare for worst case Scenario. We're not trying to manifest worst case scenario, but if you have a plan, it may be less stressful if this ever happens to you. So we just wanted to give you some tips. This has been a personal thing for us this past few months, and we wanted to talk it through. Next week, we have a very special guest on who is the director of Camp Gone to the Dogs. And the week after that, we're having Ask the Dog Guy, John Wade, on. We got a whole exciting lineup planned. In the meantime, happy, happy, happy have Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving and a safe one with the dogs. We are grateful for you guys, and I'm grateful for you. Cheers. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.